She was in the dawn of her 20s. She was beautiful, had a big smile, loved people. She was a cheerleader in high school and in college. She was outgoing and personable. She loved to dance. At a time in her life when she had many hopes and dreams and everything was looking bright, she was given the news that would change her life. She had cancer. Hopes and dreams shattered. The young man she was dating seriously into the relationship. She was losing everything. She cried on her hospital bed asking, why me? Why does this have to happen to me? Her mom sat there comforting her, stroking her hair, which she was also losing. And on top of that, she would lose a young woman's dream to have a child. Doctors told her that she would never be able to have children due to the chemo and radiation she was taking. She was barren for the rest of her life. This unfortunate situation is very similar to the situation that surrounds the feast day we celebrate today. We celebrate the nativity or the birth of John the Baptist. And what's so similar about the stories is that John the Baptist's mother, which we hear about in today's gospel, Elizabeth, she too was barren, unable to conceive. She and her husband had no children of their own. They were advanced in age, and so their hopes and dreams of bearing children were gone. Zechariah was a priest, and he served in the temple area. And one day, as he's serving and ministering in the temple, this angel comes to him and gives him a message. It says, your wife will conceive a son. His response, doubt. How can that be? We are way too old. He and she longed for a son, a son who would follow in his father's footsteps to become a priest just like him, for priesthood was passed on generationally in the Old Covenant. By a miracle, a work of God, Elizabeth conceived a son. They named him John, which means the Lord has been gracious. They're going to have another priest in their family. Do you remember that young woman at the, at the first part of the homily? Well, she battled the cancer, and she fought hard, and she won. She survived. But the effects still remain barren. But not soon after she recovered, she would get news that she thought she'd never hear, news that shocked her, surprised her, changed her life. She was now expecting. It's going to be a little boy. This little boy would grow up to be just like his mom, friendly, a big smile, caring. He'd be outgoing and personable, and he loved to dance just like his mom. This only son of a once barren mother would also become a priest. The miracle continues because he would be ordained a priest on the very feast day we celebrate today. The miracle boy ordained on the feast day of the other miracle boy, John the Baptist. That young woman was my mother. The little boy was me. How wonderful are your works, O oh God. The church celebrates the birth of only three people, Jesus, Mary, and John the Baptist. 
And it's obvious that we celebrate the birth of our Lord because we celebrate the birth of our salvation into the world when light pierces the darkness. So why Mary and John the Baptist? It's because their role in salvation history is so intimately connected to Christ, the Savior, the Son of God. Mary obviously was the bearer of this Messiah, of this Savior. And John the Baptist had one mission, one purpose for his life, and that was to prepare the way of the Messiah. This was his whole life's mission. His whole life was meant for one thing, to prepare the way for him. His whole life is wrapped up in making Jesus Christ known to the world. His calling is to call all people back to repentance so their hearts might recognize when the Lamb of God is present. John the Baptist first, first meets his Lord when they're both in the womb of their mothers, and he leaps for joy. And then about 30 years later, he joyfully proclaims, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He must increase, I must decrease. I sat in the office of a friend just last week. This friend had just lost someone somewhat close to him. And he began to lament the unfortunate way this person had lost their life. He said to me, Father, it's not fair. I mean, he was a good man. Why do you have to go out like that? It's sad because there are no do-overs. Then he began to tell me that he often tells his children this, that there's no do-overs with life. You get one. You get one life. And life is a gift. Whether it defies all natural odds or not, Every life is a miracle. You are a miracle. And with this life, there are no do-overs. In the life of John the Baptist we celebrate today is the model, and I would say the exemplary, you could say, of the Christian vocation. The calling of John the Baptist is the calling of each and every one of us to prepare the way for Jesus. To know him, to be known by him, and to make him known. You see, John was so convicted and John was so zealous for Jesus that he died for him. He died for upholding the truth of the beauty of marriage. This is how much he was in love with Christ. Our lives are miracles. Our lives are wonders of God's work. And my brothers and sisters, you are not a waste, but a wonder. A wonder of God. But see, I think we should all be a wonder in a very unique way, and that is this. Is that when people see us, they should wonder, what drives that person? What motivates that person? What inspires that person? What impels them to live as they do? The love of Christ impels us. It's in being wrapped up in this vocation to repair the way of the Lord. It's being uncompromisingly committed to decreasing this so that Jesus may increase. Life is not a waste if we live as miracles of God's wondrous work and make our whole life about knowing Jesus 
being known by him and making him known. Our brothers and sisters, life is a waste when we don't do that. In the words of Mother Teresa, a life not lived for others is a life not worth living. To put it more specifically, a life not lived for Jesus Christ is a life not worth living. We settle for much less. And with this life, we don't get a do-over. We will be judged at the end of our life about how much Jesus increased and we decreased. We're going to be judged on how Christ possessed our lives and we let him. We're going to be judged on whether with Christ and in Christ and through Christ, we loved God and our neighbor. We're going to be judged on whether our lives prepared the way for Jesus to come into the world. We're going to be judged on whether we know him, are known by him, and made him known. John's life was a miracle, so is yours. John's life was a wondrous work of God, so is yours. And John's life was wrapped up, centered on, and impelled by Jesus Christ. And so may yours be too. And maybe after today, maybe the words of John will be your life's motto too. Jesus must increase. I must decrease.